G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Right now, the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, is under intense pressure from every sector of the media. Now, that is rightly to be expected as we all anticipate the next federal election potentially sometime after Easter. Well, our special guest today, Professor Augusto Zimmerman, back with us, not holding back. He's co-author of a new book called Deconstructing ScoMo, Critical Reflections on Australia's 30th Prime Minister. Get ready for what may be a very challenging conversation for some. The book has been described as a scathing and detailed review of the performance of the Prime Minister and his Liberal government. The authors say in the short period during which ScoMo has been Prime Minister of Australia, some of Australia's most important conservative values have been lost. Freedom of speech, equality before the law, individual sovereignty and rationalism are out while authoritarianism, discrimination, collectivism and a lack of accountability are in. Augusto Zimmerman is Professor and Head of Law at Sheridan Institute of Higher Education in Perth. He's also Adjunct Professor of Law at the University of Notre Dame, Australia in the Sydney campus, the Founder and President of the Western Australian Legal Theory Association and a former Law Reform Commissioner in Western Australia. His co-author in the book is Dr Rocco Loyacono, a Senior Lecturer at Curtin University Law School. Rocco is not able to join us today, but Professor Augusto Zimmerman back with us. Augusto, welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's a pleasure to talk with you again. Augusto, it seems to be on the left side of politics, ScoMo is hated, and on the right side is increasingly tolerated. I wonder if you've got any thoughts on the perception right now, uh, even before any sort of election might even be called. We know there's one coming, but what are your thoughts on people's feeling about ScoMo right now? Well, look, in the end of the day, what happens is that when you try to please uh, the whole world and try to please uh, everyone, regardless of uh, a person's political orientation, uh, you uh, inevitably find yourself being disliked by all. And uh, uh, Scott Morrison has been uh, uh, trying to um, appease the left from the very beginning of his term, as a prime minister, and he he would never be able to succeed. But in the process of trying to do so, he has alienated many voters from the Christian and um, uh, conservative side of the political spectrum. Augusto, let me just remind listeners, uh, we even had a conversation about it on this program. You resigned a membership of the Liberal Party just a year or two ago, how do you describe yourself 
politically today. So listeners know where you're coming from when we discuss some of the things in your book. My, my understanding of this is, is pretty much uh, a traditional Christian approach that uh, I believe it's uh, a biblical one, whereby we have to understand that the rights of the individual are inalienable and they are given by God, so that um, the state has the moral duty to uphold a higher law, which is the intrinsically connected with the protection of our fundamental uh, rights and freedoms. I believe that we are all endowed by God with inalienable rights to life, liberty and property, and no government can ever take away these rights uh, from the subject. As a legal philosopher, and uh, you're lecturing in law, uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, in a lot of different uh, perspectives, uh, a lot of different uh, institutions, when we talk about these inalienable rights given by God, some people will be thinking that the Christian position somehow or other is the weak position on some of these things because somehow or other people seem to be ignoring a Christian perspective in all of this. But when you talk about rights to life, liberty and property, if you take God out of the equation, all you've got is two sides arguing with each other and power then to prevail. What are your thoughts here on the value of recognizing that our Christianity is so strong when it comes to these sorts of issues? This is a fundamental aspect of the discussion because, after all, if we remove the very foundations by which these rights can be effectively protected, everything descends into a very serious level of subjectivity. And so uh, the government will have the final say on matters of legality. And when it happens, uh, we are very vulnerable to arbitrary will. And that's exactly what is happening in Australia when the rulers, they actually believe that they uh, can, uh, via legal means, impose their will upon the society regardless of the consequences of these decisions. So um, in order to have a, a real protection, of fundamental rights and freedoms and enjoy life and have the autonomy to make decisions because, after all, we need to have freedom even in order to please our Lord and Savior. It's very important that uh, we can create uh, a legal institutional framework that uh, affords this level of autonomy to the individual that ultimately will make him accountable to God for the decisions that the person makes. So it's not wrong to be critical of your Prime Minister. We might recognise a biblical mandate to pray for those who are ruling over us, those who are in charge, our leaders. But uh, when we have an opportunity like we do in Australia and we live in a liberal democracy, our opportunity as Christian believers to hold leaders to account. That's leaders on all sides of politics. Absolutely, and um, I even question whether we still have a liberal democracy when my fellow citizens who have um, not accepted to be subject to a medical experiment have now, uh, unfortunately, been severely punished, especially here in, very, in this very oppressive state of Western Australia, where uh, countless people have, uh, unfortunately, lost their jobs 
And until quite recently, would not even be able to attend certain places. And even now, uh, they are prevented from uh, uh, even having a coffee in, in a coffee shop or going to a restaurant. So the level of oppression is mind-boggling. And when you talk about what's happening in Ukraine and the fact that the Russians have invaded that country, which is absolutely appalling, we should also think about the gross violations of basic rights that have been now imposed on the citizens of this country via these uh, arbitrary rulers who think they can do whatever they want. Much of what we're talking about, I imagine, has come over this past two years. Some might cast their memories back just a couple of years before this last two years, back to the marriage debate. But it does seem to have intensified since the beginning of COVID. How much of this change has happened, do you think? Can you quantify the time on this? Well, look, unfortunately, this has been going on for a long period of time. And it certainly has been aggravated under the prime, prime ministership of uh, Scott Morrison. Uh, that is a very important and comprehensive uh, legal rights audit that was uh, um, produced by the Institute of, for, of Public Affairs in uh, Melbourne, where uh, the main writer of this report, Morgan Berg, puts it very clearly that uh, under the uh, Scott Morrison uh, 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 rule, we have the rights and freedoms of Australians being even more severely undermined. And I can even refer to the fact that uh, he was the first to say that the vaccine should be as mandatory as possible. And uh, he hasn't entirely backtracked on this, but um, is using the power of the premiers to advance this uh, approach. Another thing is the fact that free speech, and especially the violations of free speech uh, through uh, undesirable legislation, uh, this uh, problem that has been so serious in this country, not only uh, hasn't been addressed, but it seems that um, we have even more of these laws being uh, passed in Parliament so that uh, we are seriously undermining a very important element for a proper democratic process. We cannot have democracy if you don't have freedom to express your opinions freely, but Scott Morrison has a different approach, and he says that um, free speech doesn't uh, create a single job, which is a, a pretty silly statement. You know very well that free speech is very important for even the social and economic development of a society. So uh, you're saying here we actually right now as we speak don't have the liberal democracy that we will often boast about and be proud of because of these issues mm -hmm. uh, because of these issues uh, around uh, yep uh, mandates and uh, and a lack of free speech people are not allowed to have an opinion it's very unfortunate when um, people feel so afraid of expressing their opinions so we don't have a, a, a real democracy when uh, people are so um, insecure in, in their um, willingness to, to express opinions that sometimes are perfectly valid from a conservative point of view, but unfortunately not no longer accepted by the ruling classes in this country. 
And I'm not saying that um, uh, the problem is only uh, lying on the prime minister, because if anybody reads my book, the book that I have written with uh, Rocco Loyocano, the person will be able to understand that um, we are taking a conservative, classical, liberal, Christian, above all, Christian perspective, because we are both, above, we are both, both uh, committed believers. But we are trying to explain that we have to shift the or move the pendulum a little bit further to the right. Nobody uh, who reads the book will ever vote for parties that actually can make things even worse. And certainly, we are definitely not supporting the idea of uh, the person who reads the book to vote for the Labour Party. Uh, the book is highly critical of the Labour Party and certainly even more than critical of the Liberal Party. In 2019, when Prime Minister Scott Morrison was elected, it was called the Miracle Election. In fact, uh, the Prime Minister on his uh, victory speech uh, used that word. It's a miracle. And nobody expected the Liberal Party to fall over the line and that Scott Morrison would be the Prime Minister. People were in shock uh, when that happened. And there was a little jubilation, I might recall, uh, from Christians uh, who said, isn't it wonderful we've got a Christian uh, Pentecostal brand Prime Minister? And uh, the thinking that there would be a, uh, you know, all things will be wonderful now that we have a Christian PM. What are your perspectives, Augusto? Uh, the Prime Minister is a Christian. He is a brother in Christ. But these sorts of things have happened under his, under his watch. Yeah, it is uh, indeed deeply regrettable to see uh, the kind of witness to uh, his faith that he that he's currently giving. But there, there has been no action on these um, concerns of conservatives and Christians regarding the protection of these uh, fundamental freedoms, including religious freedom. The country is basically being run not by uh, him but by the state premiers, because he has abdicated of his power. And uh, the promises that he made, including protecting religious freedom, they have not been realized. And people are now being even forced to undergo a medical treatment to keep their jobs and livelihoods, which is entirely unchristian. And even to participate in the daily life is now, uh, politically speaking, is very difficult because of all these uh, laws that prevent us to, <clears throat> from expressing our opinions uh, comfortably. And uh, we see even the cases, the case of families have, that have been forced apart, missing uh, funerals and, and celebrations because of the measures that were adopted by, by his government including the fact that some people who were overseas, particularly in India, last year were not even allowed, allowed to return to the country because of the measures he imposed. So that's the first time in history that people have completely lost the freedom of movement, including interstate. I have a job. Um, I'm a adjunct professor at the University of Notre Dame, uh, thanks to the invitation given to me by the dean of the law school in Sydney, and then prevent, prevented uh, from uh, comfortably traveling into the state because I don't know even 
where that I will be able to return to my home and to go back to Western Australia. So it's, um, it's terrible when you have a situation that uh, we are so afraid of doing things, including uh, visiting our loved ones. And I, when I went to Port Hedland, I saw a person who was for more than one year without seeing his wife and child because they got trapped in Bali thanks to the uh, border closures of the prime minister in combination of this premier here in Western Australia. It's very cruel. It's very unchristian to treat people in such a manner. I'm extremely disappointed with the performance of this prime minister, but I do not expect that the leader of, of the opposition will do anything better than that. Probably he's going to go even worse. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Our special guest this hour is Professor Augusto Zimmerman. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking through some of the broad brushstroke issues uh, that Professor Augusto Zimmerman covers with his co-author Rocco Loyacono in their new book called Deconstructing ScoMo, Critical Reflections on Australia's 30th Prime Minister. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. We'll take some calls shortly. Uh, let me take uh, just on the back of what we were talking about just before the break about things, how they have intensified during the current COVID-19 crisis. Some people will say, uh, Augusto, things seem to be easing now. The latest variants don't seem to be all so important. Uh, Some states are back to feeling free once again. Uh, What are your thoughts about whether they'll change back to uh, what they were like before COVID-19? And uh, in the current environment, is the, uh, the Prime Minister likely to be a leader in taking us back to that freedom? Unfortunately not, and um, the the impression that a person might have that things are getting uh, better, it's certainly not coming from uh, the place where I live, where I'm actually uh, experiencing a very strange scenario when I have to go uh, uh, to my work, walk on the streets of Perth, where the commerce has been basically uh, destroyed and you have many uh, restaurants and coffee shops closed for good, including my favorite one where I used to have my uh, pizza on every Sunday. But the point is that um, uh, in many ways, uh, as uh, legal academics, uh, Rock and I, we support the rule of law, and we have been quite appalled by this imposition of uh, draconian measures. And they have, uh, as a result, opened a very uh, dangerous precedent because we believe these measures are completely arbitrary and in violation of the principle of separation of powers and of the Constitution itself because uh, in the process of allowing these measures, the Prime Minister has abdicated of his uh, condition of national leader and has allowed the Premiers to take over and to behave in a rather uh, unruled or unchecked manner. And uh, by doing so, this, of course, has perhaps um, uh, caused them to act in a way that is not appropriate, because they feel so empowered that uh, any measure they take can be perhaps uh, rationalized and justified as a protection of the population. But then 
these measures are done, are taken or made on a daily basis, and we never have legal certainty if these um, the executive decrees can be issued every day and changing the rules of the game every day. So we never have peace anymore. It's going to be always a problem because, um, as I have mentioned, the precedent, a very bad one, has been now open. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Julie in Mackay in Queensland. Hello, Julie. Welcome. Hello. Julie, what are your thoughts? Nice to talk to you. Okay. Well, just my thoughts are, um, with all respects to the professor, of course, is um, I guess I just have a concern that we do have Scott Morrison, who is a Christian, who got him on the backs of lots and lots of prayer. Um, and he is being attacked from all sides. And it's disappointing that even people of a faith will attack him as well. And But it's their, their right to do so, of course. But I guess I just wanted to make the comment to say that, you know, there are people out here in Australia that um, of a Christian faith who really support the Prime Minister. And I think um, he's stood boldly and bravely in the face of just, you know, some horrendous um, things across the world. For example, of course, the um, COVID. And I think a lot of his decisions have been wise. He has to work um, with so many different people. And I guess my focus is that, you know, as Christians, you know, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven and forgive them and heal their land. And as Christians, I think we need to be looking at ourselves, praying for our sins to be forgiven, and just supporting the leader that God has given us. Julie, a wonderful reminder from you that uh, we're called to pray, and uh, it may be whether we have a Christian Prime Minister or not. Uh, but Augusto, your thoughts for Julie in Mackay? It's very important to pray for our leaders, and um, and that's why, and also demolish them. And that's why Nathan was so uh, tough with David when he committed uh, blunders. So if the prime minister uh, does something that is unchristian, it's a moral duty to actually refer to the matter and expect that he is going to be humble enough to change the course of his actions. But certainly the most important thing we do as Christians is to pray for him because he really needs our prayer. Uh, one thing you have to bear in mind is that one of the most important uh, things in being a believer in Christ is what the Lord told us to never raise false witness. And unfortunately, the Prime Minister has made raised false, false witness when he uh, prejudged uh, Cardinal Pell, for instance, before the High Court had even made, made the final decision regarding the accusations that he had to endure. Uh, the Prime Minister actually praised the courts especially the Supreme Court of Victoria, when uh, Cardinal Pell was still to appeal from that particular decision to the High Court, and he threatened to remove the order of Australia to now what we know to be an innocent person. Another thing that he did that is pretty unchristian was to accuse the um, soldiers, the uh, Australian Defence Forces in Afghanistan, of having committed 
uh, human rights violations. That was a very despicable thing to do, and that caused all sorts of problems to this country because, of course, the Chinese government and many other evil regimes took the opportunity to be accusing us of having committed a human rights violation, where they now know that these accusations are uh, certainly false and unsubstantiated. So he doesn't have this uh, approach of waiting for the courts to make final decisions and tend to make false accusations as a result. Julian Mackay, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Mike is in Launceston in Tasmania. Hi, Mike. Welcome. Hi, thanks. But look, our Prime Minister, although he is a Christian, he doesn't rule, he doesn't, he's not in as prime minister as a christian that's his that's his spiritual life but but he has a cabinet that to tell him uh, you know what what's going on and he just brings he's the head head minister so he just tells the the country what his government he's not an emperor the other people tell him what to do and he says what the party says so he can't say, well, I'm a Christian, this is the Christian position, he can hope that would be the case. But, um, you know, we and we all make mistakes. And uh, as you say, we need to pray for the man. And, you know, um, so... Mike, good thoughts there. He is a, uh, you know, he's the leader, but, uh, of course, there's a cabinet. And we might like to think that the cabinet was populated with Christian believers. We might want to think that the whole parliament might be populated with Christian believers. Uh, Perhaps that's not even necessary to bring Christian perspective if you're a little bit uh, assertive in that. But, Augusto, your thoughts for Mike in Launceston? Well, I think what Mike is saying is very important. He needs to be undoubtedly surrounded by good, decent people. But um, unfortunately, it seems that uh, he has um, an inclination to not uh, take this particular approach seriously. Otherwise, he would not have treated Tony Abbott in such a terrible manner, even pushing him to the back bench. He would not have backstabbed him in the first place. Another thing is to see that some of our best um, members of parliament, the likes of um, uh, Rodit, um, uh, I forgot his name now, but Alex Antic is a good example, Erica Betts, and a couple of other very committed Christians have never had the opportunity, even though they're very experienced uh, parliamentarians, to I have the opportunity to uh, be in the cabinet working with him in order to um, uh, able to be able to help him in these matters. I am very disappointed with the formation of the cabinet, and I have the, um, to say to you that it seems to be a, a prerequisite to be a member of his cabinet that the person doesn't take his faith seriously when you have um, others who would do so and are concerned about these matters, but they have not been allowed to even express their opinions freely. Some of these uh, MPs have even left the party because of the level of persecution they have to endure in the party as a result of trying to express their Christian beliefs. Augusto, so I'm very disappointed indeed. I need to cut in here. We're about to go to news. In fact, Augusto, a bunch of people looking to get through and have a say today. Let's take some more calls, shall we? Michael is Mm -hmm. in Mittagong in New South Wales. Hello, Michael. Welcome. Yes, uh, hello, Neil. Um, I listen to your program just about every day. 
Um, with uh, Scott Morrison, I'm immensely proud of our Prime Minister. When you put him up against the American president, uh, who uh, you know just performs so badly in the way he speaks and his body language, uh, I think uh, we are so blessed to have uh, Scott. And, and not only he, but look at uh, our treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, a, a Jewish man. Never puts a foot wrong. He's, and he's up against some of the toughest lefties, almost, I don't know, communist type people, really. Um, so you, you can't expect to win every battle or most battles. If you can win some, uh, and I think overall we've, he's done extremely well. Um, uh, Michael, and, I don't think uh, anyone's even saying that the opposition is going to be any better, uh, but uh, you've made a good point there. Augusto Zimmerman, your thoughts for Michael? Well, I must say that um, I do not entirely agree, to, to, to put it very mildly. Uh, the coalition, if it loses the upcoming, upcoming election, I think um, the Prime Minister will have no one but himself to blame. The unfortunate reality is that uh, when you do, you stand for nothing, and no matters of principle or fight even for values such as uh, religious freedom or free speech, and when you are out and you do not have the opportunity to uh, make a difference, it becomes too late. And you see the audit that was produced by the IPA regarding the erosion of fundamental rights, perhaps because of the opportunity that has been unfortunately provided, uh, the current coalition government is responsible for the worst violations of human rights in the whole history of, um, of this country. And that's not uh, something that uh, is coming from a left-wing organization, but it com comes from the most conservative think tank in this country, which is actually heav heavily linked to even the, lab the Liberal Party, the Liberal Party, the National Party namely the Institute of Public Affairs. And Morgan Berg has uh, done an analysis of the sort of laws that uh, the Morrison regime has um, enacted. And he found out that they seriously undermine some uh, basic uh, fundamental rights of the individual. And I have to say that this is uh, entirely disappointing, but even before the report was produced, I was able, as a constitutional law professor, to witness the contempt that the Prime Minister has for the constitution of this country when he empowered the Premier in Western Australia to close the borders to the pain and suffering of millions of uh, my fellow citizens. And I can't be uh, quiet when I see the violation not only of these fundamental rights taking place with the connivance of the national leader, but also uh, in violation of explicit provisions of the Constitution. Let's not forget that when it comes to mandatory vaccination, the idea initially came from him, and now I have many of my friends losing their jobs and their livelihoods because of this act of coercion that is simply unacceptable. It's uh, in violation of Section 5123A of the Constitution, but also of common law principles of bodily autonomy and the rights to privacy. So I'm actually extremely disappointed with the behavior of the Prime Minister, and I'm not going to be silent on the subject for obvious reasons, because I am, after all, a constitutional law professor. 
Well, Michael in Mittagong, thank you so much for your insight. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's continue to take some calls. Alex is in Melbourne. Hello, Alex. Welcome. Oh, hello, uh, Neil and Augusto. Yes, hello. Um, that, uh, uh, your, your, your opinions are... Uh, um, uh, uh, what can I say? They're, they're, they're right... And, and but at the same time, uh, I believe. Um, well, what I hear is that there's the problem between the the federal way of, of ruling the country and the, the state way, and we've got liberals and labour in at the same time. And then, uh, not only that, but okay, the restrictions and the mandates we read in Leviticus, uh, the law of God, our uh, you know. To be careful about it being unclean, and and those laws are put in there for our safety, and we. And then I was just wondering, uh, you know, with with the COVID, I believe it is a threat to people with um, you know underlying conditions, and so I've, uh, and for something that's come out of the blue, more or less, and uh, to the extent that it is. Uh, what would you do in that situation? And, but I think, as I say, the inter- interaction between federal and labour, or federal and state, put it that way, uh, that's where the problem is, and that, I suppose, is constitutional. I don't know. What... Alex, good thoughts there. Let's get a thought or two. Augusto, your thoughts for Alex? Yes, um, I think it's very important what Alex is uh, saying. What uh, I think it's a problem is when he creates this unconstitutional national cabinet that transferred the, his responsibility to uh, watch over the process and even to be able to protect our rights and uh, and allow it then the premiers and even supported the premiers in their act, actions of uh, human rights violations. Uh, we cannot also uh, ignore the fact that uh, Scott Morrison enthusiastically supported Dan Andrews when he initiated the lockdowns in Melbourne that led to the despair and even the destruction of so many lives. Uh, He even claimed that he would give full support and unconditional support to whatever uh, Dan Andrews needed uh, in order to implement his oppressive uh, measures. But here in Western Australia, the the Labour Party decimated the Liberals in the previous election because Scott Morrison was um, endorsing the actions of Premier McGowan. And he even said very clearly that McGowan only decimated the Liberals because he got the support he needed from him, Scott Morrison, which I find it very uh, disheartening. He even, uh, just to conclude, uh, he sent a letter that was leaked because, of course, the Labour Party took advantage, advantage of his naivety. Uh, this letter in particular was addressed to uh, the Premier here, coming from uh, the Prime Minister, saying that he would intervene in that uh, legal matter involving the uh, border closures in favour of Western Australia. And in the process, of course, of doing so, 
uh, he would disregard Section 92 of the Australian Constitution, which tells us in very clear terms that the borders must be absolutely free. Free movement interstate must be absolutely free. So what Scott Morrison did, he sent a letter to Premier Magal that I have here in my computer even, saying that he would intervene in favor of this uh, act of unconstitutionality in order to favor a state that has closed the borders and transformed or turned, better saying, Western Australia into a large, comfortable concentration camp. Well, Alex in Melbourne, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Jenny is in Carora, Coffs Harbour in New South Wales. Hello, Jenny, welcome. Uh, hi, yes. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Jenny? Um, my thoughts... Um Relate. I mean, I'm not happy with the way things have been going in uh, government and mandates, and I've been opposed to many of these things. But um, I recently, my my mother passed away, and I've been a full time carer. I've been a enrolled nurse since I was 19, and I'm 63 now. But in this uh, end of life process I don't know whether other people in um, Australia are aware but I needed palliative care to come to my mum and uh, she wasn't getting the treatment she needed for her end of life care and by the time they came to attend to my mother to give her the medication that she need, needed to be comfortable in her end of life, uh, she passed away 12 hours later. Wow. wow. And the Jenny, when we're talking uh, palliative care, and of course uh, over these couple of years, uh, the voluntary assisted dying has come in in a number of states around Australia, and uh, perhaps that's more a state issue than a federal one, but while voluntary assisted dying or euthanasia has been in the headlines palliative care has been ignored and so perhaps more a state issue but Augusto have you got a thought or two for Jenny? Well I think uh, the Prime Minister should have as I say being the national leader to be um, willing and courageous enough to express his at least his opinions on the matter but let's not forget that hospitals are heavily if not entirely funded by Commonwealth money so he is not entirely able to say that these things are not of his uh, area of uh, reach because um, the states and, and medical uh, aid uh, to us Australians is always uh, provided by uh, Commonwealth fund, fund. But we have to also consider that when um, there was a discussion about abortion even, uh, prior to his um, uh, re-election, the Labour Party, because we shouldn't expect anything, anything good, good coming from Labour, unsurprisingly referred to the funding of abortion, saying that this would be then one of their banners. And then Scott Morrison was interviewed, and he simply said that this was not something he felt comfortable to discuss. So I just wonder what kind of uh, believer is this, 
who would not take the opportunity to just express his opinion on the matter. So what he basically tried to say that this is nothing that uh, was important for him since uh, the Commonwealth would not be involved in such procedures, which is uh, not entirely true, as I have mentioned, because the hospitals are funded by the Commonwealth money. So I would expect uh, a little bit more of boldness, a bit more of courage. But uh, when it comes to boldness and courage, I can say to you and to your listeners that the Prime Minister never, never disappoints me. He's always lacking in such boldness. Lacking in boldness. Jenny, thank you so much for your call. I want to keep taking calls uh, just for this next few minutes. Uh, Let's take another call. Steve is in Cairns in Queensland. Hi, Steve. Welcome. Hello. Hi, Steve. What are your thoughts? Um, Yeah, I I just thought, um, uh, like, he's got a really tough job. Um, And I, I just wonder how many of us would go if we were in his footsteps. I suspect we'd all struggle, and I don't think think anyone denies it's a tough job. But uh, interestingly, when you are the leader and you are publicly a Christian, uh, there's a thought here that comes to mind that sometimes uh, nominal Christians, in other words, people who say, I'm a Christian by name, talk the talk, uh, don't necessarily walk the walk, and we might be seeing some of that. Uh, A thought or two for Dave from, uh, from Augusto. It, that that is actually true. So it's very tough to be the prime minister. It's very tough to have to uh, deal with these uh, important matters that are now um, inflicting uh, Australia. So I can understand and sympathise with the difficulty of uh, managing uh, the whole process. But if he finds himself incompetent or unable enough to do such a thing. It's very important then that uh, he acknowledges that he is not entirely fit for the task. But while he remains as the prime minister, it's a moral obligation to be praying for him and to hope that he is one day going to receive this revelation and even be convicted of the actions that he has uh, sometimes uh, committed, not by necessarily the crime of commission, even though he has done some things, and that I have to explain in my book, that are entirely unbiblical and unchristian, but also the crimes of omission by, for instance, delegating or abdicating of his role as the national leader to the premiers who have acted in a way that's absolutely outrageous from a constitutional law perspective. And in the process, as I have told before, of violating fundamental rights and freedoms of the citizen. What kind of prime minister is this claiming to be a Christian that allows uh, his fellow citizens to have their lives completely destroyed? And I know many people here in Western Australia who can't barely pay their bills. And you see a sea of beggars and homeless people on the streets of James Street. And I'm not not uh, doubting that this is also a result of the collapse, not only of the economy, but of our moral values, since he has never, ever been able to uphold them properly in the public square. Well, I want to thank Steve. I'm sorry, Steve, I called you Dave. But Steve, thank you so much for your call. Uh, We can take just one more call, and apologies to those who won't get a chance to get through. But let's hear from Dave, Dave in Adelaide. Dave, what are your thoughts? Yeah, good day, Neil. 
I'm a bit disappointed this guy's actually got to air um, to be running down our Prime Minister prior to an election. I think it's a bit of a stunt. Uh, I think it sounds like a personal attack on him, and he shouldn't be doing it in the way he's going about it. Uh, he could swing up an entire country against the Prime Minister, who's done the best he can with what he's got. Many of his parliament had gone to the left anyway, and uh, he's one man who can't have the say that he probably would like to have as a Christian man and a leader, and um, I, I don't think this guy's doing the right thing. You, you should have left this book and the airing of it. Um, to after the election. Dave, Dave it's interesting, it's isn't it? Uh, at the beginning of our conversation, I asked Augusto Zimmerman where he stood, and uh, he certainly did not say that he was making his critique from the left side of politics. And so it's interesting that uh, we might uh, might not hold a leader to account uh, because we're a Christian, but rather they're on whether we're on the left or the right. I'll get a thought or two here from Augusto for Dave. Well, it's very clear that um, the Bible explicitly says that uh, uh, God's people can perish for the lack of knowledge. And that's the main problem with uh, many Christians in Australia is the fact that they would just on the grounds of having a Christian prime minister think that he is above any sort of criticism. If this person bothers to read my book, he's going to be able to understand that my perspective is biblical, is Christian, and I'm actually trying to finally push the pendulum further to the right because by making the life of the liberals very comfortable, they are actually becoming no, not so much dissociated from the values and principles that are now uh, exposed by the Labour Party. So my idea is that after reading this book, you actually make sure that you put this country in the right, on the right track and that uh, the liberals started to honour the legacy of their founder, uh, Sir Robert Menzies, who happened to be a very uh, conservative Christian, and I have even my, um, uh, you know, impression that he would do exactly what I did by resigning from the Liberal Party. I think he would be resigning in disgust to see how the Liberal Party has been turned into nothing more, nothing less than Labour light and betraying the values of the founder of the party. Dave in Adelaide, thank you so much for your call and we do have to put a line under calls and time is running out. We didn't get much time uh, to bring a contrast uh, to the Labor leader, Anthony Albanese. I wonder whether we've got a few moments uh, just as we wrap things up. If we're contrasting the critique that you've made of ScoMo here, uh, Augusto, uh, to... To, for, for listeners who might be thinking, uh, you're persuading everyone not to vote for ScoMo, but you want them to vote for Albo. Uh, what are your thoughts yeah. here, uh, if we're bringing a contrast to the conversation? Well, it's a competition uh, to see who reached the bottom. So uh, if you read the book, everybody reading the book, you understand that uh, Scott, Scott Morris is not the only one uh, failing in providing these more desirable outcomes. I have referred very clearly to the actions and inactions of Anthony Albanese. And um, in many ways, the fact that he behaves in such a manner is um, a benefit for the prime minister in terms of uh, having him returning to power. 
but it is not good for the nation to have this situation. And I would say that perhaps we should contemplate having a preferential voting system to vote for people who can actually do a better job to at least be able to hold the balance of power in parliament so that we are going to have the restoration of the rights and freedoms that have been removed under the watch of um, Christian prime minister. That's how he claims to be. So I just hope and pray for the future of this nation and pray that we are going to put these uh, authorities more accountable so that um, we will be able to live in a country where we can be proud of living and to give to future generations a proper legacy of freedom and rights to be uh, given to all citizens of this nation. And for those listeners concerned that it's been a little one-sided anti-SCOMO over this past hour, uh, we'll do our best, when, especially when an election is called, uh, to bring some more conversations, perhaps a little like this, that don't take necessarily partisan sides, but bring a point of view which is Christian, biblical Christian, as to how we might make an assessment of the character of our leaders and look forward to some of those conversations over the coming weeks and months. Let me point this, uh, let me point to the book we've been talking about today. It is a brand new book. In fact, we're talking about it ahead of any official launch. It's called Deconstructing ScoMo. Critical Reflections on Australia's 30th Prime Minister. And uh, to get a hold of it, uh, you might like to visit the Lock Press website, lockpress.com, the publisher. And uh, you can certainly just Google Deconstructing ScoMo, Critical Reflections on Australia's 30th Prime Minister, the authors, and we're talking to just one of two uh, today, Augusto Zimmerman, Professor and Head of Law at Sheridan Institute of Higher Education in Perth, the co-author, Dr. Rocco Loyacono, a senior lecturer at Curtin University Law School. Uh, get a hold of that book. Uh, it might be enlightening for you. Uh, a special thank you to Augusto Zimmerman for uh, taking some time to boldly uh, share these thoughts with us today. A Christian foundation to how we might assess the character and performance of a Prime Minister. Uh, I think uh, some listeners did reflect uh, that it was a very good thing to hear a conversation like this. There was one who was trying to get through. We didn't have time to take a call from Ellie. Ellie in WA rang to say thanks for having a, the courage to cover this conversation and to call out the behaviour of our leaders over the coming years for allowing this point of view to be presented. So we'll try and do our best to do some more like this. Augusto Zimmerman, thanks so much for joining us today on 2020. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.